And we're live here with Real News, another week in COVID America, in Biden's COVID lockdown, militarized America. And the big stories we're going to talk about this week are, number one, the Dr. Seuss cancellation scandal controversy and what it means and Cuomo's Me Too moment and anything. And, oh, Coming to America's up. Interesting uh, sequel. We'll dive into that because Phil saw it. I have not yet, but let's start off with Dr. Seuss because that's something that I think it's a very interesting story. It's there's more than meets the eye to it because what basically happened, and I'll show the images because the mainstream media wasn't showing it, which had me a little off put that they weren't showing it. But there, the People that published the Dr. Seuss books decided that they were going to uh, stop publishing six of his books, stop printing them. And when I saw that, I thought, oh boy, why is that? And they were like, because of racism. And I looked into it, and it's a bit of a mixed bag, if I'm going to be honest. There are some things in there, and some of the books, that I go, ooh, that's uncomfortable. And there are some things I'm like, wait, that that that's that's it? That's what the, they're 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 just completely stopping praying for that and it's been there's more to it that we'll dive into but that's on the surface of it but the deeper part of it to me that gets crazy is when they announced that they were going to stop publishing these books and stop printing them it happened immediately it wasn't like oh get them now why you still can't no it happened immediately amazon you couldn't buy them barnes nobody couldn't buy them so i started looking at secondhand and thirdhand and fourthhand resellers and there were some on ebay but they were a lot of freaking money and within it must have been 48 hours ebay started banning sales of these books it was crazy. I mean, they're just like, oh, it's not like we're banning people from circulating. But no, you couldn't get them. Like, people couldn't sell them. So I think this is really, really weird. Really scary in some ways. What do you think about this? Um, I I think it's just it's just another piece of of something that's already been going on for quite some time and it, it it's sad just because i i was i was listening to a couple of other shows uh and some of them great some of them came up with some real, really good points too um they don't it, it's I, I i don't know how much activism was involved mm. with the dr seuss thing so i can't really uh speculate on like the activism that was tied into dr seuss uh but we're living in a world where there's a bunch of there's a bunch of white people that run these companies that are scared as fuck right yeah because you like that I, I think that's what it like they're they're making decisions that aren't good for their business wise that aren't good for their bottom line but they're making them anyway more because i think they're scared of the perceived activism that comes along with it because even like like 
and mo- a lot of the times if you when these companies when they don't do anything about like it, it it's nothing it's yeah nothing. it blows like, over it blows over yeah but it's like the perceived activism mm. is what they're scared of like you you're not gonna like like you could lose like that like these leaders are scared that they'll lose their job right and that's like a there's like a whole lot of stuff that's that's going on with it you know there's uh there's advertising companies that are that are looking to you know keep their keep their money coming in and and a lot of them are funded by you know anti anti-american shit you know they're funded like, like they, a lot of these advertising companies they get a lot of their money from like foreign ad like you know uh china saudi arabia some of them iran some of them you know you know venezuela cuba like a lot of these that like the, the, like they want to make they're getting their money from those guys and so those are the p those are the those a- advertising companies are dictating a lot of what gets monetized and what doesn't get monetized especially when you're talking about social media because that's where the bulk of their bulk of social media's revenue comes from comes from advertising comes from you know google google that's advertising facebook that's advertising you know there's a lot there's a, there's a lot of money tied to that and so you get a lot of these people that are pulling the strings and so when 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 you have that you got these people that are running these companies that are just scared they're scared they're like oh my god if i say one bad thing or if i bless off one bad thing or if i don't do anything about this what some activists said on fucking twitter then i could lose my job or i could lose whatever you know i could lose my business or whatever and this is the this is the world that we're living in you got advertising companies that are basically pulling strings and swaying things one with one direction or the other you've got people within the company that are probably looking to take the ceos and the board members jobs and shit like that like you've got this is a culmination of a whole lot of stuff going on right now and this is another thing like yeah like so I'm, I'm, so I'm sure that the publisher, like whatever fucking publisher that the, Dr. Seuss had, I'm sure that they publish other stuff too. And some, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing some woke person probably was like, oh, look at the Dr. Seuss thing. Look, look at this. Uh, they're not trans friendly or whatever. Some, whatever. Uh, and prop, you know. The people that are that own the production company and all the other companies are probably like, oh, we better get rid of this shit because we don't want to get tied in with this activist type shit. So, yeah, I think it's very. I want to explain a few things because I've been researching this quite a bit because when I first heard about it, I thought this is crazy, and I also thought it was weird that they announced this on his freaking birthday. Like, on, on Read Across America Day, which has become Dr. Seuss Day, which has become a thing that encourages people, young kids, to read. It's a great thing, and I remember when I was in school, we would read Dr. Seuss that day. 
And I find it very strange that they decide to make this announcement on his birthday. It's almost like a F you to the grave. And what's very chilling for me is the bigger picture of this. Because like you said, it's a piece of a bigger thing. But it's taking it in a very interesting direction because I personally think the motivation behind the people that pull the strings in the shadows on this is to slowly remove the traditional children's media with movies, TV shows, books, and replace it with their own, replace it with these. It's cultural Marxism. It's a form of it. Mm-hmm. And when I look into the books, because this is where, this is what caught me off guard, is I first looked up the book um, that I remember being read in school. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which is the first book Dr. Seuss ever wrote. It's, it's a very important book, you know, in that regard. It was written in 1937, okay? This wasn't written in 2020. This was written in 1937. Okay, 1930s America was a pretty messed up place, you know? It wasn't... We, I think the biggest thing people should do right now is try to put their minds into what it was like then. Nobody's trying to do that. But this entire book has nothing wrong with it except one page with one character with one line that they decided to ban it over. And when I was looking at the book on YouTube, I couldn't even find it. Initially, I started looking at it again, and I thought, Oh, that might be it. There's a Asian-looking guy with some, like, you know, stereotypical stuff. And I thought, that's it? But I look back further because I start seeing different versions of it. So the Asian guy, the one, the original version has him with yellow skin. And I thought, ooh, okay, that's, yeah, I get it. That's uncomfortable. That's not acceptable today. And they called him a China man. Now, this is the part nobody talks about, is that years later, Dr. Seuss himself actually changed it. He took away the pigtails, he took away some of the other uh, features, and he took away the yellow skin, and he changed it to Chinese man. So Dr. Seuss, the artist himself, actually changed this, but that was not enough. And so they removed the entire book. I think that's unacceptable. I think this book is perfectly fine in its current state, and I don't see any problem with it, especially it being his first book. And for being that clean from 1937 is remarkable, honestly. Because if you look at Dr. Seuss's comics he used to draw before the books, oh, were they uncomfortable to look at by today's standards. Um, but the only... And I started looking at the other books. I looked at the other ones. So there was, um, what's it called? I'm already forgetting the name. There was the one, uh, I think it's Cat's Quizzler, which is one I don't even know if anybody read. Yeah, the Cat's Quizzler. And there's one reference in there to, um, I think it's Pygmies is what it's called. I didn't even know what it was, but it was supposed to be like a African tribe of like short people. Like it's some, you know, uh, like tribe in Africa that where they're all like i guess genetically born shorter than the average person kind of like midgets and 
so there's a very uncomfortable, you know, not acceptable drawing of them in it. Just one drawing, the whole book's gone. And I look at the, the this is the craziest one, it was Megaliot's Pool, which I remember reading in the library. I looked at there's nothing wrong with it, nothing. There's not even people in it except for like two pages. And the page with the person has, and I'm not making this up, an Eskimo, you know, with like the, the coat up and like fishing for fish. That was the stereotype that they got it for and said that it should be banned for. That is insane. So Mulberry Street, McElliott's Pool, I don't see any problems in their current forms. If I ran the zoo, I could see that one being a little uncomfortable because it's got some bad stuff with the way they drew uh, Africans. But do you ban the books from being printed? That is the question. Personally, I would do either one of these things. I'd either not touch it or I'd make a different version. A rev you could call it a revised version and sell both of them. Because I think what the important lesson with Dr. Seuss is in a very important American message and a human message, which is that Dr. Seuss drew things that are now considered unacceptable. But he also showed in his work that he as a person had changed. He went from drawing stuff that was unacceptable. But then he later wrote books like Horton Hears a Who, books like um, The Sneetches, where he clearly is decrying racism, where he's clearly decrying anti-Semitism. It shows that he's a person probably changed. And I think that should be the lesson to kids. And maybe you can show these books in schools with the you know, unacceptable drawings saying, be like, look, this is a guy who's probably a good person at the time that did unacceptable things for whatever reason. That's something to explore. But later in life, he changed. He evolved. He became a better person. Like, that's what this cancel culture comes down to. To me, that's the interesting piece here is that they are canceling people who changed, who made themselves better people. That is messed up. That's anti-human. But yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally anti-human. Uh you, you like you so and and really there's no what you have right now are people that have haven't lived long enough to really have a accurate historical grasp of the transitions of things like you know like racial racial injustice or whatever look you got 20 year old kids like you're not i'm sorry if you're if you're if you're younger than 30 you haven't lived long enough to really grasp the historical elements that were the you know the dynamics of racial injustice i'm sorry you, yeah. you haven't lived long enough because there's there there were transitions that happens like and not not only that there there's 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 histor there are historical inaccuracies but there are historical inaccuracies in really everything like you you, you can't if you were going if you're going to take away if you're going to remove historical documents based on some historical inaccuracies there would be no history there'd be no history because you're basing history history off of other people, some shit that somebody else wrote, and humans are, you know, opinionated. They're subjective, right? 
it's subjective yeah. and so in my, in my opinion i'm all i'm all for not changing a fucking thing because yeah, i agree that's you know if anything create if something else up, don't destroy create but yeah which which dr seuss did right mm-hmm. he created other shit and so you write you look at what you know you look at what was out there and you know and and that's a good and that itself is a good teacher like you know this existed uh this is messed up now because of blah 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 but you don't remove it you you, you show it to teach a historical lesson yes right that's how that's how you grow and but you have a lot of people that are are just like well you know that a lot of these young people that are just trying to get rid of it or whatever, or you got a bunch of people that are, you know, worried about the bottom line or worried about any kind of activist expense that'll go along with it. Like I, 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 it's one of those things where this is the world we live in now. And the main question is really how do we change it like yeah how do we combat it yes that that's what it's coming to because really i i i think this week has been very important for quote unquote the history of cancel culture because you're seeing people who do normally side with conservatives on these things like bill maher for example who's a blatant leftist progressive but mm-hmm. he's always been sound on free speech and decry political correctness. And he did a show actually just recently on how ridiculous it was canceling all these people. And he brings up Gina Carano and all these other recent examples. And I think that shows that he brings up a point that's, you know, one that's been said many times, which is that cancel culture is going to come for the left next. It's going to come for you next. It's going to come from everybody next. And I think that's only when the turning point actually starts. And I think the other turning point that can start is bringing canceled. Like, people need to be unafraid, unabashed in talking about canceled people, meeting with canceled people, talk, like doing everything you can with them, promoting them, if they're good people. Let me caveat that. You know, there are some people that are pretty bad. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, deservedly canceled. I think we'd all agree. But. It shows just how quickly things got out of hand. Because this all kind of started in 2017 when you had, I, I guess you could say it started with Bill Cosby. Maybe in the political realm, you could say Milo was one of the early victims of this too, and he was wrongfully um, canceled. But Bill Cosby, when that started, that's, and, uh, and um, what's the guy from Fox? Um, uh, Roger Ailes. When those people started getting the Me Too hammer, which rightfully they did, it, it hit it hit more people that were that seemed pretty guilty, but it quickly got to Louis C.K. as he's sorry. People that did stuff that was like weird, awkward maybe, but not illegal, not wrong. It really quickly got that way, and now it's just getting worse and. I have to say the best take I've read on the Dr. Seuss thing is from The Week. They wrote an article on it, and they bring up some good points, which is like there are things that you love and cherish that you had no clue 
as to their origins or how things had changed with them. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, beloved children's movie and book. Well, in the book, originally the Oompa Loompas were actually going to be African pygmies. Uh, yeah, that would not fly today. But they quickly changed that. Uh, Roald Dahl quickly changed that in, in his uh, novel. But, you know, there were other things I was reading this article, too, that were interesting. Like the fact that on Dr. Seuss Day, Read Across America Day for this year, President Biden did not mention Dr. Seuss from his proclamation, and neither did the NEA. They are no longer affiliating with Dr. Seuss Enterprises. Isn't it interesting how quickly the shift happened with this? I mean, to me, this is a big deal. It seems like maybe another case of cancel culture gone mad, but I think that is the wrong way of looking at it, saying that it's just like crazy people doing this, because yes, it is, but there is a bigger picture, like you were saying, and it shows that they are strategically doing this. This is something that's being done methodically you know they it's kind of like they're these puppet masters that know what they're doing and they just got to get their crazies going you know they wind them up and then they get them going that's what you're seeing with this i mean and the thing that this guy wrote like what 60 70 books and there's only a few with a few pages that are problematic you know yeah i think i think they're getting Part of this, it, I mean, a lot of it is just like I, I feel like it are the are the advertise the advertisers are the advertising companies, just because like they're because they're trying to they're trying to make the most advert like they're trying to make the most out of their advertising revenue that they possibly can, of course, right. which which they 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 feel like their analysis is kind of saying oh we don't want to do this because we don't want to alienate anybody. But in all reality, you're not really, you're not really alienated because most alienating people, because a lot of people tend to not give a shit. Like That's they're the like, I, I don't care. Do you know care. how long these books have been read and nobody said really anything? Yeah. I've seen some that did. Like when I was looking at some older reviews, people were like, yeah, there's some stuff in this. that's uncomfortable. So don't read to your kids. That's the simple yeah. solution. Don't buy it. Don't read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like very there was, weird. There was, there was one thing that I there was there was a past like okay another example. There's a past thing that I read. Uh, there was like a, a there was like a tribal chief that said that the Jeep Cherokee. Oh no! Didn't honor us. <laughs> that that didn't honor us. Why? Because right? it breaks down Which, all the time. No, but but I mean okay. So when. I think when when the when Jeep created the Grand Cherokee, it was like the first classified SUV, right? Mm-hmm. That was the first classified SUV. Obviously, there were other vehicles that could have been deemed SUVs back in the day, but that was like I think it was in like the late seventies or something like that. That was the first one that actually was classified as a SUV. And because of that, they wanted the, uh, might've been Lee Iacocca, which mm-hmm. imagine saying that name. It's been years since anybody's heard that name anyway. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to name it grand Cherokee after 
Cherokee, right? Right after the Cherokee, because it was the first SUV. So there's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's like, uh, it's one of those things. It's like, well, I don't know. Not everybody feels honored, I guess. I don't know. And, you know, but that doesn't mean that they weren't trying to. I don't know. I, I think there's, I think context is needed like i and and again you got a lot of a lot of people a lot of these people in the media that are just writing articles just whimsy nilsy you know like just we're just writing them just to fucking start shit you know like yeah there's a lot of and, different motivations going on yeah you know? like I, I like who can like I, I i think but going back to the but going back to the the, the advertising mm. there's not going i mean eventually there's going to be pushback and i think there are already is yeah um, there, there's already starting that just because uh people are not going to watch certain things people aren't going to watch overly political shit they're just not going to do it they're just going to tune it out you see it all the fucking time yeah all the time you're seeing it right? it turns me off every time i hear there's a movie that's woke i'm just like okay i don't want to see it now. yes i just don't want to see exactly. it exactly exactly so and that eventually hurts the overall advertising bottom line because if if people stop watching your network people advertisers are not going to pay for thing because because part of part of the advertising part of when at when advertiser or when networks charge for advertising or whatever you're charging because you're basically forecasting a guaranteed number of people that watch your advertisements right right and when people stop watching those advertisements or when people stop watching your program they guess what else they stop watching you're advertising yeah so so then the next which which it doesn't really hurt this year but that next year when you have to renegotiate those contracts that's gonna that's gonna be in the frame the frame of thought like oh you had a 20 you had a 20 percent drop in viewership guess what maybe i should just pay 20 percent less to you guys for you know paying advertising and that's generally that's usually what happens like because it, it's always a negotiation and yeah i mean so this is this is this is what you have to deal with and people are already start, you're starting to figure it out like people are willing you know when people are willing to pay money and we're talking we, we talk about like steven crowder and ben shapiro i hate saying <laughs> his name um you know when people are actually pay money to see to see and hear these people and like um uh, like outkick right uh the, the yeah the yeah sports i i still i if if you're conservative and you don't have outkick i don't know what's wrong with you i don't i just don't know what's wrong if you're into sports and you don't have and you're conservative and you don't have outkick i don't know what to tell you because that is some of the best commentary i hear i mean i that, that not only that like i watched 
or not I didn't watch, but there was a there was a podcast the other day where uh Clay Travis of Outkick uh talked with um Will Kane, who's now on Fox News, or he's now on Fox News, but before that he was working for ESPN as a sports personality. So those two got together. It was it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic commentary. And um when people when people are willing to pay money to hear that over what's for free on your network, there's a problem, right? There's a problem because I mean, if like, what's the point of you advertising something if nobody's going to watch it, right? If people are, what's the point of you advertising on a network when other people are paying to see the other stuff, they're paying money to see the other stuff. And so this, this, this is a big It's like a big picture scenario that tends to not do well. It, it's not going to, it's not going to bode well for these woke cancel culture people. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to end badly. Um, but the problem is it's a, the problem's going to be like, well, how long until they finally get it or how long till he figure it out? I mean, obviously you're going to have um, networks like CNN and MSNBC who are a part of a bigger media conglomerate or a multimedia conglomerate who don't care. They just don't care. They're like, well, if, if CNN loses money, well then whatever, we don't give a shit because AT&T Time Warner, they make enough money ripping you off on your fucking phone bill to like make up for it. Uh, like MSNBC, they're making money ripping you off on your cable bill. Like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, like they do. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I mean, so, but it's going to be those other players that get totally dashed. Like, all of these other people are just going to get totally dashed. Disney's another thing. Like, you know, ESPN does all this woke bullshit, but they're owned by Disney. So, obviously, Disney is kind of do like they're part of a bigger multimedia conglomerate too. Like, so, um, I, I mean, they, they can get away with it, but only for, I mean, I guess it's all, so they can prolong the inevitable, but like, you're still going to lose viewership. You're still going to lose money. You're still going to lose, you know, I don't know. It's just not, it's not worth it in the long run. Yeah, well, and if you're a company that's just tailoring to the left, like, you're going to be fine. But when you're one of these companies that's trying to be neutral and you pick a side, well, you're going to turn off half the country. And that's what's happening. It's like everything's getting politicized. It's just getting insane, uh, more so than it already was. And then that, that's the thing that I think, you know, it's, it's like you're seeing stuff, like with the Dr. Seuss thing, there's a theory that's floating around that – the cat in the hat is actually uh, inspired by black minstrel shows because he has a hat on and because he comes to white children and entertains them and has an umbrella. Like, 
th these people see things that just aren't there. It's a cat, no, this, and he wears this a silly what, hat. This, I, I, I wonder. So, so I wonder if it's if it's either intentional to like try and get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's like it's like like fake outrage activism mm. or it could or be. is it or is it just like naturally mentally unstable people on social media that are just looking for shit because we talked about this last week if you look at if, oh, yeah, if mentally CPAC unstable thing. people are looking yeah if mentally unstable people are looking for something they'll find it and They'll find it in anything in their messed up heads. Like it doesn't matter if it's real or not. Like, and most of the time it's not real at all. It's just like, and this is what I say. I always, I'm like, like when I, I hate when I hate when people talk about, uh, what, what is it? The, um, Like uh, what, what was that? Critical race theory. Yeah, that's oh it. god. Where they, where they talk about oh the, the there's institutional racism. There's racism in our institutions. Like no, no, there isn't. No, there isn't. Yeah, it's our, our institutions. Our institutions were formed via a melting pot of ideas. Right. Our constitution was created basically off of a melting pot of all sorts of ideals. Like you have all kinds of people from all walks of life. That, that that helped create what is what is known by our constitution. We have pros and cons from everything. You to like Greeks, Romans, um, you know, there's uh, you know, stuff from Chinese dynasties, there's British stuff, there's, you know, German like German stuff. There's like all, all kinds of ideals from all walks of life that come to this very thing. Um just because some like some white people and I'm like and, and say like well, what are you talking about like white people like first you have you first you have Spanish then you have you know like you have you've been new, you've been to New York it's a fucking melting pot there's oh, all yeah. kinds of people in New York right mm -hmm. and it's not like and and people see it from you know like white and black like and it's just like like those are skin colors you know how many like like how do you define white how do you define black because like there's lots of different shades literally so and metaphorically it's just like you know you got irish italian spanish are they white or you've got you know cause, because spanish spanish for a lot of spanish are actually very light-skinned they look white they look white marco rubio and ted cruz right they look white but like what I mean, it's it doesn't like like it just falls apart. But they push it logically. They fall it falls apart. But they just continue to push it. They the the critical race theory. They force feed it in the schools. They force feed it in the employment sector. They force feed it in literally everything. It's like, um, and I I, I don't. Again, how do you combat it when they're trying? They're just absolutely trying to force feed it, and basically, if you fight it, you're gonna lose. You know, you're gonna be an outcast. Like if you fight it in the school, they'll probably 
that'll probably affect your grade. If yeah. you fight it in an employment, you're probably going to lose your job. You know, you've, I just, it's just crazy to me that they create this stuff out of total bullshit. I mean, it's bullshit. It's scary and too. That's the scary. thing that's, you know, cause I think about what it means for normal people. Like, yeah. you know, when you have Vegina Crown, for example, she, she obviously seems like someone's a very nice person, very genuine, but she's got money. She's fine. People that don't have a lot of money and they're caught reading a Dr. Seuss book. Oh my God, you're fired. You know, it's like th there can be so many weird ways this can go. And, if there's one thing I'd encourage people to do, because I actually just did this a few minutes ago before I started the show, is when I saw that Cat in a Hat theory that's like a menstrual show um, and all these other things, it gave me an idea. I'm like, well, I, I need to really try and think what it was like to be back then. So I went on YouTube and I typed menstrual show. And the first one that came up, I clicked on. And it was one, I mean, it's it's... I've seen these before. I say the first one that really disturbed me was the one you actually sent me, not to out you, um, was of, uh, what's her name from the Wizard of Oz, in a, like, wearing blackface. It, like, totally fucked me up. Like, I yeah, couldn't comprehend it. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's insane. She's like, everybody yeah. knows her, likes her, loves that movie. It's total classic. You would never think she would have done that before but that tells you something and the one i saw told me something too because i i couldn't even finish it i like just i just couldn't because i started watching it and not that i just not that i couldn't handle it but it's like all right get the point like don't need to see anymore the character's name that was wearing blackface was like cotton and the stereotype after like not even stereotypes the racist um degradation was you know saying that he was lazy saying that like he would say like oh i was trying to be a this and that type of job and they would correct him saying he was stupid like it was every racist thing you could think of one after next and what's crazy is you know from our eyes in 2021 is this shit was normal accepted and popular now take that into consideration and watch one of those and come back and tell me if you lived in that time, if you were Dr. Seuss, wouldn't you, uh, would you be different than he was, honestly? And then most people aren't going to be honest because they're biased, but that just tells you right there how totally different this world is. It It's insane to think that what they did in those was acceptable, popular, and just the most normal thing ever. And now it's the complete opposite. Rightfully so, it's changed, but... It's it's crazy, like it's crazy, especially the Judy Garland one. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just so I messed up. We need to get back to uh, the, uh, the. We need to get back to the to the country where the best ideas triumph. Right? Yes. Where, where the most logical ideas count, where mo the most, you know, where, where we go to logical, uh, logical explanations for things, where we go, um, where each idea 
that we 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 talk about is comprehensive in nature it's just like um well let, let, let's take it take into example the uh the the minimum wage right like they're trying to they're, they're trying to make a man a 15 minimum wage or whatever like and most of the arguments you hear are the sorry are the kind of bernie sanders-esque explanations like oh people need to have a livable wage and like i mean it's like well like clearly we need more economists that are fucking arguing this mess because like anybody who has any idea of economics will tell you that if you raise the minimum wages it has a ripple effect on everything else which at best you're looking at a temporary benefit but a long-term uh degradant like to everything else like it, the raising and, minimum wage is one of the stupidest things like you don't even need to be yeah. an economist to know it's yeah. dumb like, yeah. it is objectively dumb you raise the wage of all your workers okay well guess what a company's gonna have to do they're gonna cut workers you're gonna be less jobs and in most cases what they do now is they replace humans with machines you know, like at a McDonald's, yep. they'll put in kiosks to order your shit. You know, it, it's so yep. stupid. But, you know, there's mm -hmm. probably some malicious reasons certain people behind the scenes are pushing this stuff. But, yeah, you see that. You see also, like, the stim pack that they push through with giving, you know, the stim checks to illegals. It's just... Yeah, this is only the beginning. This is only a few months into Biden's America. We have Dr. Seuss canceled. We have uh, money going to illegals. We have $15 minimum wage being pushed. We have more and more stuff. And we're going to get into the Cuomo things. That's also kind of related to all this. But to actually okay. answer your question, though, and you can go back on the minimum wage thing, I was going to say before I forget is that I think one thing I thought about with fighting back against cancel culture was kind of what gave me an awakening uh, aha moment as to what we could use that new org for mm -hmm. because free speech is always going to be a relevant ish thing kind of but the battles with cancel culture now and big tech censorship and i thought that could be interesting <laughs> that's that's where we go where nobody else is going because this cancel culture thing bothers me a lot so mm -hmm. but continue sorry for that intrusion no no i mean that that was pretty that was pretty much it for me but i mean to we, we but we need to get back to we need to get back to the idea where um where well i mean i think part of it, part of it well actually i think almost all of it is you've have i mean you've got so much corruption in dc oh like, yeah the, corruption is just so bad in dc and like they're not looking for your interest like they're not looking out for your interests i mean it, it's like i think you know you've got you've got two groups of people you've got two sides of the political aisle that are led by two different groups of donors that have you know that are moving in the said direction and like 
that are trying to lobby in a sense of direction that like and even if they do nothing then it's like they don't care like because they're not getting they're getting paid regardless they're getting paid really good regardless and there's not there's no point like like the stat like we had we need people that actually do what the particular job intended like the particular what the the job um description was intended to do right it was like okay you represent the people you're supposed to represent the people you're supposed to have town halls you're supposed to represent what what the people that want right the people in your district what do they want people in your state or whatever you're representing what do they want you're supposed to be advocating for them you're not supposed to be advocating for yourself you're not supposed to be advocating for your party like that, that's not that's not your fucking job your job is to advocate for the people that you represent uh and i will say uh kirsten cinema right so mm -hmm. you know people people gave her shit on twitter for doing her thumbs down on the 15 dollars an hour mm -hmm. and she did it all cute with the fucking bag or whatever that people gave her shit for her bat like she carried her purse with her or whatever and, and the it was like whatever but um yes she's a democrat but i kind of i actually respect her believe it or not i actually respect her because she's going across the she's going she's going across the political aisle on quite a few things like like look the 15 dollar an hour thing that, that that like they went against that like yeah she went against that she went against the party on that right eight she, democrats she actually down. went against i just found out right right um so this is what this is what i'm saying there's that and she's done that a couple of times she's gone against the grain a couple of times um joe manchin too i i, I think i mean yeah i i mean i I mean, there. Do I like Democrats? No, but there's some that I actually, there that are, you know, somewhat respectable in nature. And I gotta say, Joe Manchin's probably one of them, um, because he at least, you know, he he's in like he represents West Virginia, which, you know, you better you better go across the aisle there. If you think <laughs> you're gonna be a Democrat running in a pretty red state uh yeah where, you're gonna have to act yeah, like a republican I mean, and and another person that does actually yeah. this very well so, which people wouldn't suspect is matt gates he multiple times has voted not with his republican colleagues and also voted against trump and he's a very outspoken trump supporter and trump knows this and loves him but he voted um for <coughs> oh god i sneeze at the worst times um he voted for legal or decriminalizing marijuana which most republicans are against and he also voted against a defense bill that trump was pushing and 
he's a Republican. He's from Florida. And I give him credit for it because it shows me that while he and I probably agree on 99% things, where we have differences, where we don't, whatever, or mm-hmm. who we support and don't, he will still stick with what he believes in. And there are times when he knows he has to compromise or do things for the greater good, blah, blah, blah. And there are times where he will just stick to it and be like, I just can't vote for that in my conscience. You know, this is not what people like me to do. So I like that. Um, and I th- I'm, I think the 15 minimum wage thing got shot down. I don't mm-hmm. know if it did yet, but yep. I could because that's just so stupid. But, you know, I... They're going to keep trying these things. They're going to mm-hmm. start moving for, like, D.C. Mm-hmm. statehood or Puerto Rico statehood. I think Puerto Rico is more likely. Um, but they're going to start doing things like that. So mm-hmm. it's just going to keep well, happening. I mean, there's, I mean, a lot of the stuff that they're – they're not going to be able – like, they're not going to be able to get away with it, I don't think. Because, like, especially with the H.R. 1. Because a lot of that stuff that – in order to do a lot of what they're trying to do is, like you, – you, you can't just do it via a bill, right? Like, like with the HR one, you really you know, like a a large chunk of that stuff is just unconstitutional. Like, it, if if it goes to a Supreme Court, it's going to get struck down because, again, you don't have the ability. Like with HR one, that's like the voter, uh, the voting reform or whatever. Uh, it's unconstitutional. Like you don't. Congress does not have the authority to make a lot of those de- those voting decisions. A lot of those voting decisions go to the state legislatures. Get like that this is what we're talking like well even before it gets passed, it's not going to get through a Republican controlled Senate, you know, unconstitutional yeah. or not. It's not even going to get to that level. Yeah. Um cuz when yeah. when's the last time Democrats cared about the constitution? <laughs> Uh, yeah. But speaking of the Supreme Court, didn't they not they, – they, oh, this was, I think, last week. They ruled that Trump's – that they could um, – I think New York could look into Trump's tax returns. That was a weird one for me. I don't get mm-hmm. that because well, I think Barrett and uh, I think all the Trump appointees said that they could do that. The only re- one – the guy at dissent, I think, was Clarence Thomas. I was a, I didn't understand that ruling. I mean, I'm no lawyer, so I don't get this shit. But that was weird. I don't. I don't know. I, I I don't know enough about. I don't know enough about the the whole tax return thing, or I don't know. I. I, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm like if. I'm always one of those people. I think it's. It's one of those things where I'm like they probably should do it in the name of transparency however those i honestly tra- think none the, of them should i think it's just the, ridiculous but, but here's here's my here's here's where i veer back like um like i i, I would i would be trans i would be for transparency if these tax returns were honest because i don't think that they're honest i think there's a lot of there's a lot of hap- there's a lot that goes on within a person's finance that really doesn't get put on a tax return. Um, so you're, so you're not really necessarily getting an honest tax return anyway. So it's like, well, 
why would I want to see it if I know that these politicians are full of shit anyway, even from the Democrat side, like, you know, Democrats are bullshitting everything. Like, why would I, I mean, I, to me, it's like, I, I just don't care. I don't care enough about it just because I know how dishonest this shit is. So, well, I, number one, don't really, I, I think there's three things. Number one, I personally think, um, uh, yeah, I, I guess a lot of you really don't care too much about tax returns unless it's something really, really egregious. But number two is most people try to pay less taxes than they want to. I mean, nobody wants to pay more in taxes. And yeah. these business people and these politicians, anybody that's rich and powerful is going to look for every loophole, every way to get around it. And number three, because of that, when it's presented to the public, most people don't understand what it means. I don't understand what it means. Most people don't when they see they didn't pay X, Y, and Z, or they paid this, they didn't pay that. You really don't understand it, and it gives like a false perception of what's really going on in these things, I think, to most people. So I just say, like, look, it's your taxes. That should be between you and the government. I don't think anybody else has any business in seeing that. It's like the whole, you know, because it's a private matter. It's like anything that's private. And, you know, it's... I'm all for transparency too, Not only except that. with stuff like you know, like certain things like this. I just don't see any benefit to. Yeah, and I don't. Not only that, a lot of this is selectively enforced anyway. Like, I, yeah, I'm not, I like. I look at. I look at the uh, like the insider trading, like people, Congress are, they can they can they can participate in insider trading right because it's not enforced i mean it, it's it's supposed to be illegal but exactly. nobody's enforcing it so yep. like you know they can essentially uh commit insider trading and like that's what that's why you see a lot of these the, the, that's part in part correction why hmm. you get a lot of these you get a lot of these politicians that end up becoming rich in a matter of a couple of years yeah like, you notice how they always come yeah. in and, and poor and then they come out rich? Isn't it funny how that happens? Yeah, it's it's just crazy to me. To me, like you, I mean, to me, uh, I'm more and more leaning on the. I'm leaning toward the opinion that the United States government in terms of congress mm -hmm. might be the most corrupt in the world i'm i wouldn't to say that, that because direction. we have china and north korea but i will say I it's yeah. not as you know i think they do the most in terms of like cover well actually other than north korea they do like the most in covering up their bullshit like they're acting like they're so good um because here's what i always think if you think it's bad here Imagine what it's like in South America. Imagine what it's like in China. Imagine what it's like in North Korea. But it's like, well, what? Well, so you look at the like, even if even when you look at like the South American, like all those fucking narcos countries and shit, <laughs> like what's what's different about them than here? Well, really? I'd say like one of the you, big. Look at it from. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Well, I'd say one of the big things is specifically the drug trade. Um, these 
drug lords will buy off politicians they'll buy off the cops to let literal murder like mass murders out of jail like so, known drug killers out of jail whereas when el chapo comes to america we put him away we deal so with him how do you know that shit isn't happening here because, well, I think it can happen, but it's obviously not happening to the same level. Because, like, El Chapo is a great know? example. El Chapo. How, how, do, how do you know? Well, I mean, I mean, El Chapo. Like, so, so, with El Chapo, is it, is it for the right reasons or is it for the wrong reasons? Is it for, well, what, what, the like, what are the motivations? Be? What are the motivations behind putting El Chapo away? He's a threat to america and putting him away would look good for the so people why? that do so, so uh, in what way is in what way is he is is he deemed in what way is he deemed a threat to the u.s government according to the u.s government well he's not necessarily a threat to the government per se i'd say he's threat to national security by but shipping what, well, drugs so, in shipping weapons in. this is what i'm saying we don't know this is what i'm trying to get at we don't really know is is El Chapo a horrible person and should he be put away? Sure. But what's the motivation behind it? Cuz because our 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 criminal justice system is just as selective as everybody else's. It's selective. It's selective. We let we let people we've let some of the worst people in the world off the hook, but we'll 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 clamp down on others, right? It's like okay, so the war. So is it? So the with the war on drugs, are we going after? Are we going after these narcos countries because it's the right thing to do, and they're peddling kit, they're peddling this dangerous shit on the streets, or is it because uh, pharmaceutical companies have their fucking stake in what's going on with you know? what people are ingesting in their body because if it, i mean keep in mind uh over the last 30 years pharmaceutical companies have donated what three trillion dollars to political campaigns oh yeah well the they were doing years? shit where they were keeping pill mills open to basically fuel the opioid yeah. crisis like i know yeah. there are a lot of that like don't get me yeah. wrong i i get your point but my point is that like yeah, it happens here, but it's not as bad as other countries. Is it? Is it a lot better? No, I think that's the misconception that a lot of people have. They think America how do you know? is how way. How you know it's better? Well, what do what do you define as better? What what? How do you do? And how do you know that that one is better than? I mean, the other? that's subjective. Like, you, that's the best it, way I'd exactly, say. It, is that exactly? This is what I'm saying. Like you, you we don't know. Like there's no, there, like I can't I can't honestly say that we are more or less corrupt than than they are i can't i guess i, I mean i i personally can't say that because i think there are some clear differences but i can see that um like if you look at a country like let's say uh you know iraq or afghanistan i'd say we're we're a bit better than those places <laughs> You know, we still do some shady, bad shit. I mean, you look at the history of the CIA, and you'd think we're the worst country in the world. But then you look at the history of the Mossad, or you look at the history of any, you know, secret agency or uh, intelligence agency, and it's like, you know, they all have these types of histories. Just I think ours just is 
the thing too with America too is that what's really I think what keeps us a little bit better than most countries and this is getting you know of course fucked with in many ways is number one we have been built on a constitution a solid constitution and a solid bill of rights with actual civil liberties and freedoms the problem now is like i think a great example is the quote-unquote free market obviously in concept and theory it's perfect it's wonderful it's fabulous but you don't have a free market when big tech companies can take you off. When you try to make all social media and you're all AWS pulls your plug. Or even when you are independent, you can't get PayPal to work with you. You have to do things through crypto. You have to build your own shit. Your app gets banned from the app store. It's like there's like now more of a, you know, these other forces, external other I don't want to say external, but other forces that are kind of messing with the system that we're supposed to have it's like politics you know it's supposed to be this good system but money is obviously the biggest um you know force that's messing with the whole system and i think it only changes when you get populist people in there and hoping that they don't get corrupted i think like that's why i've always been for term limits is because i've heard people they're like well i like this person i want to keep them as long as possible I, and i always think you say that now when they've only been in there for two years. But will you say that when they're in there for 15 years? Because power inevitably corrupts. And that's what I like about somebody like Nigel Farage, who went into this thing, got out. That's the that's how it should be. How it should be, it's a public service where you get in, you do your thing, and you leave. That's it. You know, when you stay there any longer than like a term or two, I think that's bad. And some of these people get corrupted even within their term, their first term. Well, I, I'm also, uh, I think a lar- large reason uh, why things have gone awry over the last 20 years is the politicization of many of these institutions that are supposed to be apolitical. Yeah like the FBI, like the CIA, like all these other all these other things that have just been politicized they should not be. Like they should be apolitical and they just go wherever the fuck their what the information takes them. Like instead, <clears throat> like you look at look at this last election. Um we were hearing reports that Trump was going to fire Christopher Ray uh, if he got reelected, um, Joe Biden was like, I'm going to keep Christopher Ray. Yeah. How do you think he's going to behave? How yeah. do you think he's going to behave after that? Well, we saw, did you see that hearing recently where he yeah. was talking about the Capitol riots? Oh my God. This I'm is not, puke. this is not a surprise. This is not a surprise. When you look at what was going down, uh, over the last year, it should be no surprise. Right. And that is, that is the scary part um it's being like our institutions are compromised they're compromised our judges are compromised via political partisanship like judges judges should not be fucking politicized they should be like you look at look at roger stone right who fucking who was in charge of that who was in charge of that trial? A fucking Obama-appointed liberal judge, right? What do you think? What do you think was going to fucking happen? The, the, like, it wasn't going to look good. 
I mean, just, just, just his trial was was going to look like a witch hunt, and we all knew it. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on around. Look, um, a like the the um, Harvard with when they were getting sued by Asian Americans for discrimination it was a legitimate discrimination like they were discriminating against Asians because really if you were going to base if you were going to base acceptance off of academics obviously uh, a large chunk of Harvard University would be fucking Asian right but you know when they when they sued him that was when they the suit happened it was thrown out by an Obama appointed judge mm-hmm. like th- this is our our legal, our justice system is royally compromised now. I don't know how you fix it. I'm not sure how the hell you fix it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I that's think, the scary part for me. Yeah, that's been the biggest. Like the FBI and CIA, or the like, actually, I'll say the CIA is one of those things where I've like heard like that they've done crazy stuff. And the more I looked into them, I realized like, yeah, they've been always insane. The FBI was one of those where I was kind of like, well, it looks like it's just getting corrupt now. And I look into it, and I look from the very beginning, it was literally a corrupt institution. So I'm like, I guess not much has changed. It's just it's only gotten worse. But the courts is one that, honestly, I think that's the one recently has turned, like, corrupt. So it's crazy. Well, that's, I mean, it's scary because part of what makes any system work is its ability to enforce yeah that system because i give it like corruption right if nobody enforces corruption it's going to continue and it's going to get worse right it's just going to happen like what can i get away with oh i can get away with anything then i will do anything right um we have to understand that like you know this is why we have this is why our congress is as corrupt as it is because nobody's going to enforce it nobody's going to enforce it and this is that that is bad that is a bad bad thing like which part of part of what made like part of what what i always thought made America's legal system awesome was the fact that uh, like President President Nixon's resignation right for me that was like incredible from a legal perspective like the leader of the free world resigned and not a single shot was fucking fired like that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world like <laughs> like but now it's like well I mean, you've got people that are just like, like, yo, you got people that are insider trading. You got, you've got the fucking, you've got, uh, who the fuck is it? You got the, the house member that was banging the fucking Chinese spy, Eric Swalwell. You got <laughs> that guy who was banging a Chinese spy and he's still on the intelligence committee. Like what the fuck is wrong with us? I know. Like, that one like was this, one too, like, and nobody said a 
peep about it when it broke. It's like, oh, okay, that happened. Anyway, the weather looks very terrible for next week. It's like, <laughs> you know, because there are certain stories too. Like the Cuomo thing is a good example. It's so bad. It's so, you can't look away that even the, the left-wing media talks about. The Swawa one, they wouldn't touch it. Like they might briefly talk about it, but they just really wouldn't touch it more than they had to, you know? With Cuomo yeah. too, I don't know if you followed that, but I think a total of like three women have accused him. And mm-hmm. he says he's not stepping down, he's gonna stay in, which in his position, even though I think he's a total dirtbag, why should he step down? Because there there's not gonna be any consequences against him unless they impeach him, which I know if you can do that to a governor. Um, I would assume you could, but I think politically he made the right move. Um, but I think it's Dude, how by the way, that he's not stepping down. Look, how how corrupt you you're talking about New York and the Cuomo family. <laughs> like that's, that's you're talking about multi generational corruption. Holy shit, the the Cuomo family? Good God. Like just, just what a mess. What a fucking mess! Um, How bad is it? Because I don't know much about his family. All kinds of like, like, like his 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 dad, their dad, Mario Cuomo was fucking dirty as hell. Like, yo, lots of ties to like the mob and shit. Like, yeah, oh, it's God. like, yeah. I mean, it was just shady, greasy shit going down. Um. Well, okay. Uh, there's a bridge. There's a bridge. Uh, the Tappan Zee Bridge, right? Uh, which is like one, uh, one of the bridges from New Jersey to New York or whatever. Um, it was one of the main, one of the one of the bridges, one of the bridges that connects those two. Uh, that it was it was named after the uh, it was named after Native Americans, right? that the dutch you know the dutch you know honored right so fucking cuomo or the 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 current cuomo decided to rebuild that bridge rebuild a bridge and name it the mario cuomo bridge like fuck fuck the native americans uh that's all about you know my pop like it's dirty. I mean, it's 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 a level of. I mean, I know that's not that big from a corruption standpoint, but it's just something like, you know, like you could tell it's like a "fuck you, I'm in charge" kind of thing, and screw everybody else. I, I just like not only that, it's just like the the bravado that he gives, like with his and those briefings. And the, it, it's just like those briefings, the the are just absolutely just i don't know i i'm like it's like a theater stage for him you've got to be fucking kidding me like well the the the, the thing too is you always got to remember two things trad people fake male feminists biggest rapists it's always the case when has it been wrong you know when has this this is like the 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 easiest predictor now like oh they say they're male feminists okay rapist you know it's like you just gotta wait and eventually it'll come out and with him 
I was just surprised at the timing. You know, the timing of it, I think, is interesting. But he won. I checked this because I thought it was just a punchline and jokes. He legit won a freaking Emmy for his daily briefings. He won an Emmy. Yep. <laughs> they love this guy. Well, and I he's mean, let's be, real. let's be real. Okay. Let's be real. Okay. These, these, uh, these award shows mean nothing anymore. Like, yeah, we like, never have. Like the world, the world now knows that these, that these award shows mean absolutely nothing. Why do you think nobody watches them anymore? One, it's because obviously it's because of the woke culture. But two, it's because nobody, nobody sees these things as legitimate anymore. They don't see them as legitimate uh, awards. It's like a whoever it, these are like a pay to play kind of thing, um. Like they, they like they're for sale, and 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 then I was I was seeing something I was seeing something about how these like four year like with the Golden Globes it's like a four year consideration stuff. It's just like basically a a bidding war for who gets the who gets an award mm-hmm. basically, and. Uh yeah, no, I mean nobody nobody cares nobody cares anymore. It's like I don't know. It, it's it's getting pretty ridiculous. And outside of con, I really don't pay attention to too many awards <laughs> ceremonies or whatever. But yeah, I never did because I've always thought that they were just kind of stupid. Because when you'd see what would win, I'd always be like, well, this thing's either rigged or these critics, quote unquote critics, don't know what they're talking about. So I've nev- never had an interest in awards ever uh, for anything. But the interesting thing with the Cuomo one, too, is that um, not only were there allegations, but there are pictures. And it's disturbing. Like, he's like, grab this woman's face, and you can tell she's like terrified. I'm like, is this Al Franken all over again? I mean, Al Franken had to resign, but he, he isn't resigning. But it's pretty bad for him. Like, I believe it. I believe most of these allegations, but I have to say, I wonder why they're coming out now. I wonder who's really pushing for this to happen. But, um, yeah, those are the biggest stories uh, that have been popping around. But another thing, more culture news, is that you saw a movie today. Do you want to tell us about your lovely experience? I Okay, so I saw um, – this This could run on a little bit because I – That's I, fine. It's very, I'll let you have the floor. It's very – it's very uh, – well, it could I? I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't decided how far this thing's gonna go yet. But anyway, um, yikes! I'm trying to fidget my stuff because anyway. Um, so I, like many people, uh, decided to watch the Coming to America sequel because um. I have Amazon Prime. I'm sorry, America. Um, and I, so I, I watched it because I like. Okay, so Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite comedians. One of my favorite comedians of all time. To me, he's probably one of my. 
he may very well be my favorite comedian of all time and i have a list of them you know you got richard pryor you got dave chappelle you got all the lot louis ck you got you got george carlin mm, that's you've probably got my favorite you've got a lot of them uh for me um for me eddie murphy is up there just because if not the guy because i mean his 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 stand-ups were so good oh yeah they were so good he's extremely funny and he's just funny and he's just off the cuff he's just naturally a funny individual and even even on his interviews are funny even as like when when he goes on Saturday Night Live, it's funny. Like uh, that, that his Saturday Night Live was probably the funniest I've seen in a long. His return, long, long yeah, yeah, I love that. That was the funniest one I've seen in a long, long time, like probably years. It, um, it made me, as somebody who obviously didn't grow up in the OG Saturday Night Live, go. So this is what it was like back then when this thing was yeah. actually good. Yeah, this is awesome. Right. Yeah. Um. So, so, and and any, okay. Anyway, so I watched, and I and I watched coming the first coming to America when I was little. Funny, funny movie. One of the funniest movies I think I've ever seen. I still, I still give reference to it. I still give references to it to this day. Um. And so I was like, okay, all right, well, well. I hate sequels. I hate when they do sequels after a long awaited, like fuck it long after long after the original. And I think this was like 33 years after the original. So already I was in the back of my mind, I was thinking, Oh fuck, this is going to be bad. But I went, but I, I owe it to edit to Eddie Murphy to give him the benefit of the doubt. Cause he, again, he's one of the funniest people uh, arguably ever. So I watched it and uh, <laughs> it wasn't that good. Uh, yeah, my logical, I should have listened to that logical side of my brain. But now, um, I first off, what I, I mean, I, I'll give a little bit of a spoiler alert. Okay. So the, um, so one of the one of the main uh storylines pieces of the storyline is that Eddie Murphy has a or he plays he re- replays his role as Prince Akeem Prince of Zamunda um he has an illegitimate son from Queens um and because he doesn't and because he doesn't have any uh sons uh that son that illegitimate son is by zamunda law the rightful heir to the kingdom of zamunda right um so the uh so what they tell you is so so part of the storyline is that during the first so during the first coming to america when he was trying to sow his royal oaths or find his bride or whatever uh him and his sidekick played by arsenio hall 
um, they went to a club. They would, they went to a club in New York and they found all these weird, uh, weird women who were trying to like, I guess they were, you know, they were chatting up, but, uh, his, his sidekick, I forget what his sidekick's name is. Uh, you know what? I'm, this, this looks like a job for Google. All right. Uh, let me see here. Do, 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 do. R.I.P. Alex Trebek. All right. Uh, <laughs> you will be missed. Uh, oh, send me. Right. There you go. Um, so, so, se- so during the, uh, so, d- so during the club, right, Semi uh, meets, meets this girl uh, who agrees to, um, to sleep with Prince Akeem. So they go back to the, so they go back to the apartment and the, the, uh, the lady played by Leslie Jones proceeds to to smoke something right to smoke some you know whatever it was and then blow it in eddie murphy's face or prince akeem's face may therefore making him under the influence and then proceeds to have sex with him oh god right so god yeah, so basically the the illegitimate son was uh was uh conceived via drug and date rape. Like and, and so right away, right away the storyline I'm like, wow. Uh first off, how did Amazon just let this happen? Like you look at the <laughs> Like, yeah, how did it? Because it's like rated PG 13 and all that great. Like, I'm like, freaking rape, hashtag me too. Like, what? Yeah, I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy to me. Um, and I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, okay, so if the roles were reversed and Prince Akeem did that to Leslie Jones, like, you're gone. Like, there's no way this ever gets on the platform ever. Um, but here we are. Uh, so it's already bad vibes, right? And then, but um, so I was like, I blew it off. So I was like, okay, like, um, I tried to blow it off, and like, I'm like, all right. But then I listen. Like, it's not really that funny. Like the the first coming to America was funny. It was funny. Um. And there was a there was a couple of scenes in the se- the sequel that were like light chuckle maybe but like not funny. You know what I'm saying? Like there's like a funny you like you could tell like there's a light chuckle. Oh, that's a cute that's a cute little chuckle worthy. And then there's funny, right? There's nothing funny, really, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there was cute chuckle moments, not like funny. Yeah. And it was like this. There's just holes all over the storyline. I, I'm like, and and don't get me like so. Eddie Eddie Murphy brought a lot of the 
the, the, the chuckle moments or whatever. And, you know, he, he surprised, he reprised some of his roles, you know, like with the barbershop and, you know, and he had the, uh, the band, like he, he had the wedding singer or whatever, not the wedding singer, but like the, you know, the band or whatever, where he played the lead singer. And it was like a yeah, dude in a Jerry curl. It was fun. I mean, it was, it was cute, but like, it wasn't like, I don't know. It was just like, well, those sort of things, you know, that seems to be just the biggest trend with any sequel, any prequel, any reboot any anything that's connected to something is haha remember this from the original oh you love that here it is again you know these they always call it easter eggs or retreads i call it just cheap like moments they're just cheap and i'm not saying it's a trash just because i haven't seen it so i don't have an opinion of it but like usually when i see that now like there are some times where i'll like it and i'm like okay whatever movie especially the movies like mostly like original and good I will always excuse those almost always, but like mm-hmm. a good example is the new Star Wars movies. When you see those cheap moments, like they did it twice in the sequel trilogy, showing the freaking uh, hologram chessboard. I'm like, stop, just stop. Like, I get it, it's cute. Yeah, yeah, it's an original. Okay, fine, just stop. It's so cheap, you know? It's like. How dumb do you think I am as a viewer? You know, it feels degrading sometimes. Like, I don't know how, like, this sounds like this was done more tastefully in this movie, but in other movies, it's just done so much that's like, ugh. You know, it's it becomes like a, like they use it, like it's a prop. Yeah, I mean, there's there a little bit of that. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, there was, there was a few ties that were like you know all right that, that were that, that were cute they were yeah. cute they weren't like you know it wasn't necessarily funny oh oh one thing that pissed me off fucking <laughs> they had um they had ZNN oh Moon News network and they had the lead correspondent on ZNN was fucking Trevor Noah, which yeah. I'm like, they brought that unfunny fucker on the movie. Oh my god, <laughs> he like, must have wrote, wrote, written half the movie then. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, no, he he doesn't. What well, Trevor Noah doesn't write his own shit. No, that's true. Yeah, he probably didn't. Fuck out of here, man. Yeah, he's got he he's got at least ten writers on his on his own shitty show. Like what? And they still me? can't make him funny. They still can't make him funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awful. That's the difference too between people like Eddie Murphy and like Trevor Noah. Is like I get like Jay Leno for example. He was somebody that yeah he has team of rares, but he was still a funny person. You could see in the interviews. Eddie Murphy's somebody who wrote his own shit, who performs his own shit. And is his own shit. Like he is funny. Like you said, it's always in the interviews is when you can tell. Yeah. Is when somebody is just genuinely, naturally talented, yeah. funny. Trevor Noah's not funny. Like no, you, he's he, so unfunny. You if you laugh at Trevor anything Trevor Noah, you probably laugh to like keys being jingled in your face. Like, <laughs> you know. Or you're laughing at him for being such an idiot. Yeah, like I'm just like it, it's a 
it's just not there. I I don't know. What happened? But in any case, but in any case, it was like I mean, it was just and it, and and it was and it did have like a a a, a bit of it had a bit of uh socially uh relevant social type stuff where it's like oh well the you know where they do away with the whole man the man takes over as king as a mundo whatever they, they get over the royal stuff and then let the uh, the oldest daughter be the queen when he passes or something i like this is just dumb and like i i don't know i don't know it just like which which a okay whatever you want to make that into a storyline okay but like i don't know but if that's all you had like yeah that's all you have it. it's just a shitty movie because it's, mm-hmm. it's been done before it's literally it's been done that storyline's been done before it's not like i've seen it i've seen it. like yo show me something interesting I, yeah I don't know. what do you think went wrong with it you know what didn't go, what didn't go wrong with the movie? <laughs> uh, um i i just i don't think it should have been done I just don't think it should have been done because there's not like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a real storyline that could have been had. But even then what I'm saying is like, you know, let's say the story isn't all there, which, you know, I, I think is always, you know, we'll prompt a lot of sequels. Um, but you know, it could have, like, especially with the talent, it could have at least been funny. So what I'm I'm wondering is what went wrong behind the scenes where it not only was the story bad but it wasn't funny, and seemed like it just nobody tried. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know. Well, well, well when the story's bad, then it really fucks it up for everything else. Like generally, mm. generally, if the storyline is is not funny or interesting, then it's really not worth. Like you can't really feed off of that because, like, you look at the. I'm trying to. I'm trying to give a good. Uh, I'm trying to give a funny movie, like an example, right? Okay, old school, right? Old school. Like, I don't know if you've seen old school, I've but not. old school, the 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 pre the the pre- pretense of the movie was, uh, guy guy leaves his wife, wife cheats on him, finds out he's having she's having you know she's going on the internet to look for people to cheat him on cheat on him with he moves on he moves to a place on campus and they had they throw a huge party they get kicked out by the dean they so in order to combat that they start their own fraternity that is open to all ages and all that shit like that's a funny plot line, right? There's a lot of ways you can go with that. There's a lot of hilarious ways that you can go along with something like that. Mm. And you you give you give talented people like Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell and Sean William Scott and all, like all these guys, you give those people that kind of plot line and they could they can do things with it, right? That that sets them up for success. Like I could run with that yeah um like i can't run with 
illegitimate son and queens and you know like date rape like like some people already like and i'm sorry that look the date rape thing that pushes people away quick like mm. from a funny standpoint because when you're like oh oh that's just fucking that's that's not funny that's just fucked up like <laughs> i don't know like and so you're kind of like well ooh, like it just doesn't there's holes in the story. There's holes in the storyline already, and they're just like, I don't know. It's, I, 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 the, the story was bad in itself. Um, but, um, I mean, it's one of those things. Where I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that Eddie Murphy, uh wrote the storyline to it either uh hold on yeah i was looking into that too because that's where i was trying to find my answer of what went wrong and i don't think he wrote the oh no he did do the original for the sequel supposedly says story by but he didn't write the screenplay yeah so story by uh let's see here hold on uh so it it was produced by eddie murphy uh but it but the screenplay not the screenplay not the story based off the characters oh that's where the game from yeah 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 so i think i think that makes sense too because um because it's not like eddie murphy can't because I'm looking like actually Eddie... for more context. There's actually a good chart on Wikipedia. They were both different directors. They had two of the screenwriters from the original. Uh, both of them actually. Because there was actually they had a third one on. Apparently they need another one for the sequel. But like you said. The story was not done by Eddie Murphy this time. That was the difference. Uh-huh. And I, I just. I, I don't know. I. I Hmm. I I felt like um there was just a lot left to be desired. And I mean like I look and, and and it's not like Eddie Murphy can't pull off really good movies. He's pulled off really good movies. The freaking The Nutty Professor was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. The second one was hilarious. Even Actually, when he's I think in all Shrek, three of them. he's hilarious. <laughs> Like what? Yeah, I I just I think like the, all the nutty professors were freaking hilarious. I'm like, I, and I'm just thinking like, I don't know. It, it it's I don't know. I, I I I it was it was definitely a letdown, but if there's something to talk about i guess i mean at least there's something to talk about i don't know i i felt like 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 and nobody's talking about i know i know jack basobic mentioned it like with the whole date rape thing and because of that he got blocked by he got blocked by leslie jones (laughs) (laughs) well when she told me she was in the movie i was like okay yeah makes sense now yeah (laughs) Now I see. It's like she's a curse. Every movie she's in is just terrible. Everything she does is unfunny. She's awful. Yeah, I mean, she's... I don't know. Like, She just seems like somebody that honestly, she thinks screaming is funny. So she just screams more. She's like, am I funny? I'm just going to scream louder. 
she had a couple good look she she had a couple good seat good skits on saturday night live but like no it that kind of i don't know that kind of huge like you need something else like that that i don't know it's some uh, when that's all you have like your personality that's all you have eventually people are just going to get tired of it because well, it's, like it's such a crutch, it. you know. Like yeah. there are certain shticks that every comedian has, and that's fine. I'm I'm honestly one of those people. Maybe it's unpopular opinion. I don't have a problem with shticks as long as you keep reinventing it, doing something new with it, or bringing new shticks. It's fine. I don't have a problem with it. What I have problems is when that shtick becomes a crutch, and then because that's when you become unfunny. You know, it's just like okay, I've heard that before. You know same it becomes a trope that's you know unfunny like there's a difference between repetition and a trope in my opinion but um you know and it shows too like when you don't have the right people behind the scenes working on shit it can just be a disaster and i think you're right yeah as the story seeing eddie murphy did the original one make the difference because they had when you see too that they had to bring on a third screenwriter <laughs> that's not good um, I, I love the joke that like cinema sims would make whenever they'd review like a bad movie. They'd be like, it took like four freaking screenwriters to make this garbage. And it's a good point because it shows like, yeah, I get why there are multiple people involved and maybe more the merrier. I don't know. But when you see that there's like a lot of people and it's still bad, I'm just like, oh man, none of these well, people least, must be okay, any good. So, so. Uh, at least one of the screenwriters is going to be is going to be on there for politically correct purposes. Mm. Usually, usually speaking, um, like making sure that everything is copacetic. Like you know, they they make sure they got all their you know politically correct stuff. They don't piss off the Chinese. You know that sort of shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. Like, yeah, the more the, the like it didn't feel like and maybe I'm wrong, but it didn't feel like Eddie Murphy had the kind of creative control that yeah. he normally has in movies. And maybe that could have had a profound effect on the quality of the movie. But mm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think, because that's really why I was asking what went wrong is because it's not like he himself has gone downhill and has, which I don't know how it can happen, but some people, I guess, can become unfunny or they lose their spark. He clearly hasn't, you know, when you say like the SNL return, he's still Eddie Murphy. He's still got it, you know? I mean, that's what I think when I saw the SNL thing, my take was like, yep. Yeah. He still got it. It's still great. But, you know, now it's just like when you see how much this movie's getting ripped, I think, yeah, he probably didn't have as much input as he wanted to. That's my guess. That's my guess. As somebody who hasn't seen it, that's my guess. But, you know, when he was on SNL, that shit was freaking amazing. Like when he brought back the Mrs. or Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, and upgraded to modern times. I mean, that was just funny. You know, that that's a good example of taking something that became a, you know, a, a stick of his, but he did something new with it that was funny. 
or when he did the thing um i think it was like a thanksgiving sketch on there that was really good too like you know he he knows what to do and he knows how to do it really well like he is he's amazing i think he's a little bit underappreciated by my generation because he's not you know one of the newer hotter comedians on the block but he's just been around so long and just consistently like you said put out amazing work like you can't say the guy has had like a period where he just was terrible like i don't think that existed mm. yeah the uh oh let's see the ruby the rotten tomato i don't give a shit about the rotten tomatoes reviews although it was 50 50 and the audience so i think was lower yeah yeah 52 percent with a 5.5 out of 10 something like something along those lines don't you have like anyway, a love hate relationship with rotten tomatoes like i because it's like it's owned by comcast yeah well, it's owned by it, it's owned by warner brothers and comcast so i'm not like uh, uh yeah i mean obviously they're not going to sabotage their own product um, i have such a love-hate relationship with it because i love that you can just kind of quickly like figure out like is this worth seeing not if it's like i think the mistake people do is they will be like oh well this movie's got 91 percent rotten tomatoes whereas this one's got 80 percent the 91 percent one much must be better it's like well one these scores are all you know inflated or deflated but the percentage doesn't represent its quality, it represents the amount of people that liked it. So what I do love about the system is it's a quick way to be like, is this going to be worth it? Will I, will I like it? What's you know, if I see some of its fresh back, I'll probably like it. Maybe I won't. There's a lot that I don't, a lot that I do. But what I hate with it is that not only the thing that I mentioned where people treat like a quality meter, but it's like, dude, it's, it's rigged. It, it rigs and it messes with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it psychologically manipulates you. Yeah, I looked at it. I like like when I was when I was on when I was on Prime and I was getting ready to see it, and I was like, already it has three and a half stars, which I know is like yike for me is yikes because I know that Amazon pumps the shit out of those fucking their own material. They do. So so yeah, I mean like. If it's three and a half stars right now, probably way worse in reality. Like, yeah. I don't like, yeah, it, would, it, it just wasn't good. I, I don't know. Did you ever see, because I keep getting recommended this, did you ever see The Queen's Gambit? Uh, Yes. What did you I think did. of it? I was, it wasn't bad. It actually wasn't bad. Um. I mean, of course, me being the critical fucker that I am, um, I can be pretty critical was, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I was thinking, okay, so basically, the premise of the story is, uh, get get involved in something and do lot and and do do drugs and you'll be a star. Like, is that what you're trying to tell me? Like, yeah. Mm. You're, because her because part of what made her yeah like she she got into chess and then did did some fucking pharmaceutical farm meds Mm, to keep her going and then like and that's how she ended up being as good as she did like you know like like well what the fuck is that 
Yeah, it's interesting how drugs are portrayed in films. Like, I remember when I watched, like, Wolf of Wall Street, there were people that were like, oh, it glorifies drug use. I'm like, did you see the last, like, hour of that movie? Like, it did not. You know, it shows, like, how drugs can be a high, no pun intended. And inevitably, when you're addicted, there's going to be, what comes up comes down. There's going to be a crash, and it's going to be bad, really bad. Um, you know, but, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I've seen recently. Cause I, I haven't really been watching much cause I've been job searching all day and that night, like doing shit on the computer or gaming a little bit. Cause I'm trying to finish up this Deus Ex game or playing piano, but I've been seeing like with my dad, like they've been playing the old Miami vices and I've been seeing like an episode per night. Yeah, which has been I, interesting. I think I'm sticking, I'm sticking to a lot of the old school stuff too. Mm. Like I, I'm just like, I've me... always generally liked older stuff more, but I kind of am always like, tr- I'm always trying to f- like see these important, you know, culturally important things, uh-huh. you know, or just things that I know are good or have heard yeah. been good. I'm just like, yeah, like, like coming to America is a great example. I know people that just rave about, and it's like so important to them and they like talk about how wonderful it is i'm like i haven't seen it i need to see this you know yeah i i i'm just like yeah i try to stick to the older stuff as much as i can just because you know i i just don't i don't know the, the, the a lot of the stuff that comes out now is just too mm too saturated with like you know like the comedy stuff isn't really all that funny yeah and like like i can watch older stuff and still laugh like i could i get more laughs watching at watching the older stuff again than i do watching Mm. anything new like which is kind of sad but like what like I could still forget, like old school. I could still watch old school and fucking laugh. Like it's, it's like funny shit, and like I, I think um, I think there's a th- there's just something, and of course the political stuff. It's just like the heavy political stuff too. Is just it's too much. It's just too much. I'm like, ugh. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, when you watch anything older, you can almost get, you guarantee it's not there. There's no woke shit. But with now, it's, like, it's a toss-up. You're like, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like, the one thing, you know, like, when when I was, wa- like, why I like watching, too, with older stuff is getting a sense of what it was like to live in 1964, what it was like to live in 1984, you know, I always find that just interesting. Like, that's the really interesting thing about Miami Vice is that it is, it's peak 80s, like peak Florida 80s. And I find it just very interesting seeing what, it, you know, things used to be like and seeing where things have come from, you know, because we're used to shows that have pop music and we're used to shows with, you know, flashy cars and cop shows. But that all kind of started with Miami Vice. They were the ones that innovate a lot of that. And, you know, as, as the boomers would say, kids these days, you know, didn't grow up on that. So I'm like, you know, it's interesting seeing that sort of stuff. And there's stuff that ages, of course. Like, there are moments where you can tell the acting was, like, 
sometimes it's like it's weird because it'll sometimes be like extremely good and then there are times they'll be like man that line ring was rough you know it's it's interesting but i mean there's still some stuff that comes out today like that i'm really interested in seeing you know even like the top gun sequel i'm not the biggest fan of the original but i i know it's gonna be a bold claim but i think the second one might actually be better than the original based on what i've seen from those trailers who knows so i'm like i'm interested in that but other shit i'm just like oh another marvel movie yeah don't care Mm. yeah but i feel because every time i watch a new movie i always think of the influence on things like okay the chinese made sure this happened the woke people made sure this happened it's just annoying whereas you want to with a movie to me i mean i know there are compromises that get made but you just just want the artist to represent whatever they want you know you want their vision to be on screen so that's why some of the smaller studios or independent movies those can be the way more interesting ones but you know they're hard to find yeah i i just i'm I'm always. Mm, I don't know. I just I I feel like. Uh, I'm always a fan. Like I, like I'm. I used to be one of those people that would like even like going back to the awards, like I would I would be like oh man this must this must this want a, this want an Oscar so this must be a decent movie at least a decent movie mm. like and it comes like yeah and then now it's like these last couple of years i'm like yeah this is bullshit like i think they're there's just like uh i don't know too much um bought and paid for awards man yeah I well think, did you I think did you even see the movie that won the last best picture with a parasite the korean film did you ever even see that that uh i have not actually yeah see they always pick shit like that nobody's seen which is always weird i actually, I heard it wasn't bad but i mean I, yeah like, i've heard that too but i'm like I haven't, yeah but, you know, but yeah i i, I don't know i it could be. I mean, foreign films, too. That's one thing I will kind of, you know, say Americans are a little too, you know, stuck with Hollywood. They really should see. They were nut riding. Ones. They were nut riding on Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, uh, yeah. A and I wasn't I just I wasn't a fan of that. And, and well, part of me. So part of me was like. So so my thing was actually that was supposed to be uh sasha baron cohen yes i remember Eddie that Mercury. and because sasha baron cohen he was worried he was supposed to be working on a biopic about freddie mercury yeah and then they so, gave it to Rami malik yeah so the band decided to go along with it but then they gave they they took a lot of the stuff that Sasha Baron Cohen wanted in the movie out. Uh, and I'm sure that the, you know, the, the producers did too, like, cause they wanted to make it uh, a little bit more persona friendly. Like he wanted to, he like, like he, 
Sasha Baron Cohen, while you wanted to embrace like the full Freddie Mercury mm. life. That's what I heard. Is he wanted to show the good, the bad, and the ugly pretty yeah, much. Yeah, all of it. He wanted to show all of it. And I, me personally, I thought he would have made a great Freddie Mercury. Because if you could, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that he does, and he's kind of anti-Trump or whatever. I don't know, whatever. But his personality, like, would have been great to play Freddie Mercury. Just, like, all his stuff with Borat and bruno i'm like this dude probably could have played an excellent <laughs> freddie mercury because he's willing to go there like acting wise he is willing to absolutely go there and um and that's what freddie mercury freddie mercury he he lived the lifestyle of just going there going wherever it, the fuck he wanted to go to get what you know to make it to make a good product to put on a good show like he's just willing to go there wherever he had to and yeah i don't know there was just a little bit of it, it felt like the bohemian rhapsody the movie the movie felt restricted mm. it felt very restricted i never and, saw it because there's just something about and I know trailers can be very deceptive, but it just never feel like anything. It didn't feel as interesting as it should have been, you know? And I would hear the yeah. reviews and hear people say, and it just felt, it felt very by the books and not like you were saying where it's more daring and interesting. And so I was just kind of like, and the way it was hyped up, like I think it won the Golden Globe, you know, for like best drama. And they nominated, see, I'm checking, they nominated for the Oscars in 2018. And that was up against, see, this was the most bullshit Oscar year. It was Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, A Star is Born, Vice, Black Panther, and then the winner, Green Book. Oh, and Black K -K -K Klansman. I mean, that's just such a bullshit year. And. 2019 actually had some good ones like i've seen some of these uh parasite one four vs Ferrari, which is a very solid film the irishman i wasn't that impressed with that i think scorsese's done a lot better work jojo rabbit didn't see it but i actually looked kind of interesting joker which was arguably one of the better movies of that year maybe one of the best and i know opinions differ on that but that was definitely one of the more interesting movies. Little Woman, which that's just, you know, very typical of that time sort of movie. Um, you know, adaptation of a novel. Marriage Story. I know. Oh, yeah, I did see that one. God, I already forgot about it. Uh, did you see Marriage Story? No. no. What's, what, that was with... Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, they basically played a couple who are going through a divorce. Uh, I will say it is a, it's one of those movies for me where I see it and I'm like, that was good, but probably don't have an interest in seeing it again. Because um, it kind of like, it really tells me like, yeah, I never want to get fucking divorced. That's awful. Um, I mean, it's well acted, it's well done, but it's kind of, like I said, it's just one of those movies that I just have no interest in seeing again. It's like, 
you know, you hear like the story of this couple and it's like, th- there is stuff going on, but it's not like a full blown story of twists and turns and stuff. I mean, there's some moments of like, oh shit, that's happening now. But it's like, they start their divorce and by the end of it, it's kind of like, it doesn't even end. It just, it's like, okay, this is how the divorce is going to go. And it's like, it just randomly ends. Like, it literally randomly ends. Um, So that, there's that movie, 1917, which I have not seen, but I know Roger Deakins did amazing cinematography for that. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I love that movie. That movie's awesome. But it's Tarantino, so you kind of expect it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like... Uh, 2017, The Shape of Water. I fucking hate that movie. That one best picture. Did you see that movie? Well, which one? The Shape of Water. Um. If you did, no, you no, forgot no. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that yeah, movie I... pissed me off. It had, like, every, like, minority in it. It was, like, black, Latino, disabled, three-eyed like it was like every little checkbox and there was this villain in it that was like the most he was not just racist he was sexist and also a rapist like it was so cartoony you know i don't have any problem minorities in films i don't have any problem with like bad villains like that but they just made it so cartoony it was silly just so silly oh yeah so, 2016 was Moonlight, 2015 was Spotlight, 2014 was Birdman, 2013, 12 Years of Slave, Slave, 2012, Argo, 2011, The Artist, 2010, The King's Speech, 2009, The Hurt Locker, 2008. Yeah, I think after Argo, I think after Argo, because I, I liked Argo. Mm-hmm. I did like Argo. Yeah. I think after that, that was like, I mean... What Moonlight? That was the fucking. That was the gay the Boston, one. The Boston Herald was uh, uh, reporting the Catholic. That was Spotlight. Spotlight, yeah. Moonlight yeah, was a gay I, one. Oh, Moonlight, yeah. Uh, Spotlight was good. I like that. I didn't think it was an amazing like ten out of ten movie, but I thought it was a really well done movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, I. I really after Argo I really stopped being impressed with the Oscars. Like I've just stopped. Yeah. Like, uh, well in that year too, it was up against the Big Short, which I'd argue the Big Short's a better film. Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Max Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Room. Yeah. I yeah. Like the Big Short. I like the Big Short. Um, that movie's so rewatchable too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it's one of the. It's just one of those things where you're like, like I, I don't know. I don't know what. I know. I don't know what's going on with the whole selective process. Um. I know they had the. I know they had the the Oscar so white kind of thing. Yeah, it was so stupid. Back in the day, I'm I'm sure that probably affected the um the selection process forever. 
The joke with that too is literally the person that runs the Oscars is a black female. Mm-hmm. It was such a stupid controversy. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. People, people just, I don't, I, I just don't. It, it's like when, when people, when people push this shit, it's like, well, what are they really pushing? Mm. What are they really pushing? Because you know, you know, they're not, they're not pushing the logical debate because they already lost it, right? They're not pushing, um to get the jet they're not pushing to get you know to do the right thing because again you lose the logical debate so the right thing probably isn't getting done so what's the purpose like what's the real what's the ulterior motive right right yeah unfortunately that's that's the world we live in now so yeah you gotta be cynical of everything yeah, and i look at like the past oscars and the the pattern I noticed too is it's always kind of this question I ask when something wins or is even nominated. I'm like, am I going to remember this movie years down the line? And you look at the old Oscars. So about roughly when you said about 2012-ish, you'd see not only the ones that won, but the nominees. Almost all of them are iconic, amazing movies. So either the problem is the Academy or the movies. Or both because like all these like they're just like movie after movie after movie after movie that's like yep i've heard it lo- heard that one love that one iconic movie highly acclaimed movie we're still viewing it and watching it today how did dead poet society lose in 1989 what the hell <laughs> to driving this daisy what oh, that's unreal yeah there's still some weird wins yeah yeah, how the I, fuck? Yeah, he. Let me let me uh let's see uh. I'm looking up something real quick. Okay, I'll keep rattling on this. So there's, mm, let's see, let's go 2012 again. Uh, yeah, 2013. Yeah, there's some in there. I guess they're gonna be more Dallas Buyers Club, her. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street lost. Interesting. Twelve years of slip, I guess. Yeah, twenty fourteen is when the slip really starts happening. Like Birdman, I thought was so overrated. Mm. But American Sniper, that's an amazing movie. Yeah. Uh so here's here's some interesting stuff that I um that I felt like I had to share because because um, there's some movie stuff that's for me I think that's kind of tied into this too mm-hmm. um, so um, so I guess this week uh, a, a Chinese court upheld a ruling that um, homosexuality can be considered a psychological disorder. Wow. And here, that shit's all been right. undone. 
So a Chinese court has upheld a ruling that a textbook description of homosexuality as a psychological order was not a factual error, but merely an academic view. So they believe, academically speaking, that uh, that the Chinese... Uh, that that homosexuality is in fact a psychological can be labeled as a psychological disorder. So here here's the thing here's the thing that I I mean, I mean we'll, we'll we'll play deep into this too. So so this is we we have a group in Hollywood and in sports and like pretty much everything entertainment. I mean they're they're just the biggest hypocrites ever. The biggest hypocrites ever. Oh, yeah. Look at LeBron James. Uh, example, LeBron James, right? Okay. So LeBron James is all about looking at, you know, he's trying to fight. He's telling everybody he's fighting for what's morally right and fighting for social and, and, and you know, fighting for injustices and all that stuff. And yet he's he's aligned with companies that do business in china that do nazi germany-esque atrocities yeah where they do they fuck up uyghur muslims they have gobs of, like like oh he's trying to you know you know educate people on some of the slavery atrocities and whatever uh but he he's taking He's taking money from companies that do business in China that have uh, lots of slave labor, lots of sweatshop labor, lots of that. And he's going to keep his mouth shut because they're paying his bill. They're, they're, they're paying his bills and they're increasing his bottom line. So... Um, it's just a hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy to the 100th degree. And really, I mean, it's really um, like with Hollywood, it's just so manipulated. Like, you, you know, like, I, I just, I wonder how, I wonder if Hollywood just doesn't know that China is playing them or or are they actually in on it too? Like, or maybe it's a little bit of both, right? Um, with, because I mean, with China, you have, like, you know why they're, you know why they're, they're pushing, they were pushing anti Trump shit and they wanted to get him out and they wanted to do way, 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 way with a lot of stuff. They wanted to push Biden in, right? because china wants a man like because china china didn't want trump in because china uh trump stood stood up to china uh biden would give basically bend over uh to china and of course um i think and, and that's why all of these narratives are being pushed all of these like oh racial injustice and all that stuff well obviously bullshit because like look logically 
the arguments for anything that that these social sociology majors and activists <laughs> and all that stuff like they don't they don't they it doesn't it doesn't pass the logic test but the they're gonna put they're gonna push it because it divides us china likes a divided america they're not our friends they they, they love they love a divided america and um I think I think these these Hollywood elites, these entertainment elites, they're they're going along with it. Well, because they're getting paid to. So I I don't, I don't know. But anyway, that that Chinese court ruling thing that was that was pretty interesting. Like it just shows how much how much. Oh yeah, and then because you know LeBron James is trying to do Space Jam too, and he's trying to get it into Chinese theaters where they can launder money. So anyway um yeah so the chinese thing that was interesting it was just um some a little nugget of hypocrisy goodness for the young world um let's see what else is going look at look at what's going on in here yeah yeah i did see that um which you know it sounds like another china peak china thing uh, it really hasn't been too much going on this week. There's just been a few bigger stories, but we'll talk about a few more things and then we'll close out for tonight. Um, before it gets too late, I always go to you know, one site actually, surprisingly, you might hate me for this. It's actually not bad with figuring out what's, what's hot, you know, what's starting to trend, what's starting to. Uh, be the talk of the town is actually Axios. Axios, while they are left wing, um, I do like to give like nice TLDRs in their stories, but they also give you a sense of what's kind of coming around the curb. So I'm gonna look at their yeah. site right now. Cause I look at all like the sources I have bookmarked um, that I actively look at now are AP, Reuters, Fox, CNN, Real Clear Politics. Those are like my go-to sources. Fox I've been going to less of, uh, but I always look at CNN and Reuters and AP Daily. Real Clear Politics can be really good for aggregating stuff. But let's see what's going on. I mean, there's the COVID relief bill. Which I guess we'll finally get. We'll finally get our fourteen hundred dollar check this time. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be it'll be worth like two hundred dollars by the time we get it because of the devaluation <laughs> of the dollar. But anyway. Yeah. Well, actually, that reminded me of something that I know you'd be interested in talking about. Um, number one, that's why I look into crypto. But number two is, holy shit, is the stock market gone? Flip the do. Man, a lot of things went crashing down. Tesla keeps going down. Yeah, uh, that this one's was crazy. This is not a good week for the stock market. Yeah. But what's Man. been going up? What's been going up? GME, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think a lot of that really has had ripple effects in the stock market too. Because people I think so. Like because like it does have a ripple effect if you think about it because one of the things 
when 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 GME blew up and the, and and the uh, you know Wall Street bets did its thing, <laughs> like these these va- these these hedge funds lose their fucking money, right? And when they're losing their money, it 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 totally destroys their ability to invest in other shit, right? And then and that again, it has a ripple effect on so many other stocks because you're talking about a lot of these hedge funds that pushed down game stock were involved in a whole lot of other stocks as well so while it had a positive effect on the GameStop stock itself it's had a negative effect on some of the other stocks itself which you know it is what it is um but like i think that might have that might have um accelerated a lot of the um the uh economic downturn that we all knew was coming right mm-hmm. and uh so yeah no, so now we got we're stuck with what we got now and yeah i don't i don't know i don't know where that leaves a lot of us because i just i don't know i there's something about there's a part of me that just doesn't i don't i, I mean it does i don't trust crypto just because like just because of where it's from and you know who created it and who you know how much of it do they create and like i don't know like it's there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes into analyzing each cryptocurrency and like mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I don't know we'll we'll see what happens but yeah. The thing that worries me about crypto is not necessarily those things, but just when, when, because I feel like it's going to be a when on if, when the federal government steps in, uh, what happens to it? I, I mean, there, like, when I was in a clubhouse with Jacob Wall, one of the things I asked him was, is there any lobbying effort being done on behalf of crypto, uh, you know, for or against? And he said most of the lobbying, because he's now technically a lobbyist, he, he said that it's mostly actually pro-crypto. Like, people like Coinbase, they're getting lobbyists, and basically they can keep fucking running. Uh, they know that there's going to be a push to clamp down on it. So, um, And the federal government's more powerful than, you know, everyone in many ways. Are they more competent? No. But... They have a lot of power, so I am concerned of the day that something federally happens to it. But at the same time, currently, I think things like Tesla, what they did is really smart because you ain't making shit in the bank. You know, you're making nothing. You make more off of crypto. Even when it goes down, it comes back up and you make more than you make in the bank. Not saying you should put your whole you know, bank account into crypto. That is stupid. But like what Tesla did, take a portion of it, throw it in there. I I wouldn't blame anybody for doing that. Um, you know, but throwing all your money into like GME or something, that's not smart. You know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, but take a little piece of it. I understand. But GME's been interesting because, you know, it had its spike. Um, at its peak in on January twenty seventh, it it went back down, uh, 
we'll see what was that it's peak it was at 347 then it went down to 193 uh on january 28th so a day later bottomed out there and then spiked back up on january 29th to 325 dropped way back down and for like a few weeks it was staying low and i thought about getting some to kind of lower my average a hindsight probably should have but whatever um but it's been going back up it just keeps going up since then you know it's been going up and down but overall trends it's been up it's starting to love a little bit but who knows what that actually means so it's been interesting watching that one because nothing about it's like i mean in my opinion nothing with stocks makes sense but you know with the gme one usually there were some like patterns like after hours it would just go crazy up this time it's like it'll go crazy up during power hour it'll go way down during after hours and then the next day nothing will happen and then the day after it'll go crazy high during after hours and then the morning keep going up like it just it goes all over the place mm-hmm. so i've I no clue what the fuck's happening to it though but over yeah. this past week it peaked at 150 mm-hmm. technically 149 but you know it's very interesting very very interesting so we shall see some are predicting that this is going to be a very long like climb up to those big numbers people were thinking it was going to hit i don't know we'll see but it'll be interesting um because like amc went up to like i think like 10 bucks at one point it's come back down the meme stocks have been just very interesting yeah um yeah they've they've been pretty interesting which which i mean i don't know it's it's fun to look at but i I mean you need something fun to look at while everybody everything else is going no complete (laughs) shit yeah well and that's the one thing i will say like despite you know i'm always the guy that's like the you know when these people on tv like kramer and he's everyone's come like this is unhealthy this is wrong we can't have this happen to the stock market it's like i think they're being you know they, they don't like when other people can fuck with their shit and it's it doesn't bad. go as planned I mean, it is bad. but it technically okay, is yeah real. it is bad but i mean it uh, but it, it it's also like you those two opinions are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. It is bad, but it is still fun to watch at the same time. <laughs> like, you know, that that's how I look at it is like, I think these people being a bunch of like, you know, hypocrites because it's like, oh, you can fuck with the stock, but when we do it, it's a problem. But at the same time, the f- the fundamental principle does remain the same, which is like when it's not free market, when you're fucking with it, when you're pumping shit, when you're inflating shit or deflating shit, it only is going to end ultimately long term in a bad way. You know, it's like a, the housing crisis is a great example. We fucked with all those. Um, oh, I forget all those stupid terms, but you get you, you've seen the big show. You know how it was all fucked up. And look what happened. You know, I, I think there is going to be a big, I mean, obviously, yes, there will be a big crash. It's inevitable. But I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Because there's like a, somebody told me this before I left um, Penn State due to COVID. I forget what the, the 
predictor element was, but he was saying that every, you know, I don't know if it's like two years or whatever it is, there's a massive crash. And this thing predicts it like, has always predicted it correctly. And I thought, that's interesting. We'll see. And sure enough, what happened? There was a crash with COVID. Because he said there'd be one coming up in a few months. And with, during COVID, the stock market tanked. You know, all-time lows. So, I don't know if it'll be this year or next year. But I feel like in a few years, during Biden's term, there's going to be a big freaking crash. Well, this week was the... I mean, this week was 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 a crash. Like, people are like... People were bitching like, oh, they, they, why? Well, there's no, there's not a stock market crash because the Dow Jones was up. Which, first off, the Dow Jones is not a reliable, um, is not a reliable uh, indicator of the overall stock market. It's basically the top certain number of stocks, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, most of most of the markets they've been they were down hard this week, particularly because um, they were talking about the, the 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 treasury rates going up, and when treasury rates go up, stocks go down because you know it it tends to have a negative effect on you know Fed Fed borrowing and stuff. But anyway, um, so we'll see. I mean, look. You know, you you've got the uh, you got the stimulus bill coming down the pike, which doesn't mean much for us other than the fourteen hundred dollars. It's gonna be like enough to buy you dried milk and water for the next year, I guess. I, don't I can pay for my GPU with it. Yeah, <laughs> um... that I can't get. And then that's the problem of like. You know, as much as I have put, as people can see on the screen, some shares and stocks, what I don't like is, and it, this obviously is the nature of it, is like, you know, you're holding on to it, so that's money you can't use for spending. It's like it's tied up in your stock, so it's like, you know, it can be a little annoying in that regard. But long term, you know, not financial advice, nothing we says financial advice, but all I'll say is, I am only selling when shit's green because that's the only time you should sell. Wait till you see the green and then boom. But Tesla, oh fuck, I I wouldn't have known. I like people that go to rebellion. I'm like, yeah, it is. And I probably bought it when it was going down. <laughs> and it just kept going down. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. But think, that one uh, will go back up as long as they stay in business. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll be fine. I mean I I think uh, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this whole stimulus thing too. Yeah. As far as the 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 electric vehicle thing goes. Um, well, I think another electric company just came on the stock exchange. I forget what their name is because I've seen them before, but. Honestly, they're not too promising, in my opinion, because they're very, very like there's Tesla. Yes, they're small, but like this company is extremely small and their vehicles are extremely expensive. I think is it Lucid Air? I forget what it's called, but it's another electric car company came on the market. Roblox is going to be coming on the market next week, Mm. which 
I mean, that's kind of been a meme or a joke that like people thought you could like make money off of children in that game, but like it going public, I think that's gonna be really funny. That's gonna be the next meme stock that people are gonna fuck with because it's it it, it it Roblox is already a meme and it's gonna become more of one. Yeah, the company's called Lucid, uh, the the electric car company. Mm. I mean, their cars look cool, but I don't know how fucking good the company is. I mean, they're, yeah, they're really expensive too. Like their cheapest car is seventy grand starting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's how Tesla started out too. That is true. You know, they started with you know small markets so that they could grow into other ones. But, you know, it could, it could. I mean, I'm not saying it's destined to fail. It's just, I'm, I'm iffy on it. Because Tesla did, like, the impossible. You know, it's like, can lightning strike twice? I mean, yeah, stupid analogy, but you get my point. Yeah. Are all your stocks red? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this week, yeah. Actually, the only one of mine that I think was not bad was Citizens Bank, which I'm thinking of potentially selling. See, I'm kind of waiting to see how it starts going because it, it's kind of made double, which is what I wanted out of it. But it it's a weird stock where, like, it will only go up, like, a couple pennies or a dollar in a day. Like, it really doesn't move much. But it's... I think it's at its high seven five years. Yeah. Yeah, when I got in on that shit, it was like uh, 16-ish dollars, roughly. Yeah, like $17. And now it's up to like 44 which is it's like its highest was like 45 or 46 mm. Yeah. Anyway, I don't have anything else to talk about. Do you want to talk about anything else, or do you want to close her out? I am all tapped out right now. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. Well, uh, I guess that should do it. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we have Alex back uh, for Tuesday, because on Tuesday, we're actually going to have a Yao guy that we're going to talk to, so ooh. that should be interesting. That should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll continue our Yao 2 coverage. I'm supposed to get a call from one of these Yao 2 people this week, but uh, next week, I mean, technically. But uh, that will be, I guess I might be able to report on that on the show. I'll have to ask her, but she says there are some things I need to correct the record on. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it should oh. be interesting. But uh, that's it. Subscribe, like, share the videos always. We're almost at 300. Let's try and get us there. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hit our 300. I mean, it took a lot to get from 0 to 100, then 100 to 200, and it takes a while to get to 200, 300, but it's been a little quicker. So let's, let's, let's do it, guys. Give us a like and a subscribe for that. Um, but we'll catch you guys next week. Um or on Tuesday actually as long if everything goes planned we'll be back on Tuesday and then back on Saturday again so subscribe for that for the how to drama to continue all right later Gators bye wash your hands and clean your penis. <laughs>